This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, so let me take a minute, just sit right there, and I'll tell you how I became a source of welfare. Welcome everyone, thank you for choosing to watch the podcast. My name is Dave, this is Right All Week, and if you would like to engage on all of the usual social media networks while we're still available, the username is at Right All Week. If you would like to send an email, you can do that, rightallweek at gmail.com. If we're still on the YouTubes, then please like, subscribe. If it's a podcast you're listening to on an audio platform, then do please share that, as I would request that everybody everywhere share the content if you could. It's good to get some like-minded, right-minded folks together to coalesce around some ideas, and it's good for those who are not on the same side of the issues as we are, to have more points of engagement and access to the information that we're sharing. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about why I haven't been on and sharing content as much recently, and it's really largely due to personal things, okay? So uh, just to give you a little bit of background, and then I'm going to connect it to something that's actually very relevant and we could find ourselves needing to make arguments like this in the very near future. So the background story first is that uh, what you see here, me when I'm doing these videos, what you're listening to, these things are happening in what used to be a bedroom in my home. Uh, there are four rooms in my home that can be technically could be used as bedrooms and since we moved in this room has been a bedroom for almost the whole time we were in this house. Uh, that finally changed about a year ago, six months before I started doing the podcast, uh, we had a reduction in the number of people in the home. Folks moved out, kids grow up, that's what they do. And so we, my wife and I, we were able to have a, an office for the first time. So we changed the room around, turned it into an office, and I started doing podcasts about six months after. And here we are, about six months later, podcasts have been going, and we've had an office for about a year. And things change, stuff happens, and sometimes family needs help. And that's when it's uh, good for us to, we, we measure and see what's uh, the, the right ways that we can help. And in this case, we believe the right way for us to help was to welcome them into our home. So now, even though technically it's still kind of sort of an office, it actually also has people sleeping in it and it's become like a multi-purpose room. And I haven't had as much opportunity to get into the room and, and actually make some podcasts. In addition to that, uh, one of the new family members in the house is, is an infant. And it's kind of hard to encourage them, hey, can you give me a few minutes of quiet so that we can uh, create some content? You know, obviously they don't understand. So God bless them and I hope that they, they all, you know, get what they need and that they, you know, grow up to be awesome, wise, mature, beautiful people, as I, I totally expect that they will. But this is the, uh, one of the main contributors to what's happening. The reason why Dave isn't making as many videos and podcasts is just because of the trying to work out all the kinks and while we're helping those of our family who are in need of help and now I want to make the connection because uh, you can guess if you've seen the intro here, the idea that we're supposed to be uh, you know, a compassionate nation and we're supposed to engage in things like charity and welfare and you know, or maybe they're referred to as entitlements. You know, these things are pretty hotly contested issues in our nation. And I want to point out that uh, there are some very important things to take into consideration when we're looking at these things. And it might be just in the very next year that we're seeing some of these entitlement, welfare, safety net, whatever you want to call it, programs being expanded in spite of the fact that, honestly, we can't afford them. But I don't want to get into the argument about whether or not we can afford them. Let's talk about whether or not they're right. Because one of the things that's true, and data has followed this, surveys and polls and whatever else, you know, it's empirically observable, and we've got data to prove it, that 
the more of these systems we have, the less help they actually get, those who, who need the assistance. All right, there's a few reasons for that, because one of them is the, the alleviation of the burden of responsibility. So, you know, if you're a Bible-believing, right-minded Christian like myself, and then you think, well, you know, Jesus told me that I need to be generous, I need to be compassionate, I need to be charitable, I need to help those who need help, so I do it. Well, maybe there's some duty there, and that's fine, but there's also works of faith. And then you do it, of course, if you have an actual relationship with the Lord and you love Him, then you're going to do it because that's His love language. He says, hey, if you obey me, you'll, you'll, I mean, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So that's one of the primary reasons why Christians do it. But then outside of the Christian faith, what real reason is there to do it? Uh, except that maybe you have some of the emotional connection, or you might agree that it's morally beneficial to do those things, but if we can abdicate everyone, if we can just say, here's a program, and we're going to fund the program, and the program helps people, well, it's observably true, once we do that, the people actually grow to be less charitable as a whole, because that's pretty much what they, they feel, I'm paying my taxes, I'm putting my dues, and I got my my 7% for Social Security and Medicare and whatever else, you know, I pay my taxes and the government's going to take care of them. And that's how I help. And that's why we want more programs. And they're just shifting that responsibility. We want the government to do it. And now we don't have to do it because they're going to do it. Meanwhile, we're making the argument that we're more compassionate and we're more charitable and we care so much. But really, they're just shifting the responsibility and putting the burden on somebody else. Somebody being a bureaucrat, somebody being those who actually pay taxes, because if we're honest in this nation, there's a lot of people who don't. But that's really only one part. So the fact that it's actually less charitable, but what if it actually has a, 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 le a negative effect? I was trying to decide which one I wanted to point out, but I'm going to go there. So what if actually people who find themselves on these government programs, these welfare programs that are funded by the people and administered by the government, well, a lot of the times they don't actually find their way out. It begins to shift to where we see more people who become dependent. They become reliant. They look to that as their primary resource. And this is something we've seen a lot in the last few generations, more than any other generation. And it's not uniquely American. You can find this all over the world. And you can find wise men in all kinds of places who say very intelligent things like, we can't do that. We shouldn't do that. It's not appropriate for us to take away somebody's personal responsibility to care and to provide. It's one thing if or they legitimately can't. That's one thing. But it's another thing if we just keep putting in these programs and the people aren't inspired. There's no drive. There's no reason for them to find their way out of it when it's possible. And that's how we get at more dependence. Like it was talked about in the Obama years. Like they were proud. It was some sort of achievement. We've got more people on food stamps than ever. Really? That's a good thing? That's not... I don't think that's what anybody means when they say America first, right? So there's that aspect to it, but then there's also the fact that not only does it turn out not to really be good for people, it also turns out that they're actually really bad at it. So now let's compare charities, real uh, independent private charities that are run either by religious organizations or humanitarian organizations, compare those to government programs. If you were to just go and do like an average study, you want to see, well, based on how much money I'm putting in, how much of it actually makes it to my target, the person who actually needs it the humanitarian and religious, the, the privately run organizations that are charitable organizations, you can find 70 to 60%, somewhere in there, I'm gonna go on the low side and say about 60% of the dollar amount of what they collect 
actually makes it to the target. There are, there are some that are better, but we're just talking averages, okay? And those of us who want to help them, sure, it becomes our responsibility. We look and say, well, how good are you going to be? Because I want to make sure the most uh, dollars that I give you makes it to the place that I actually want it to go. The people are actually being helped, right? So, But we accept that there's going to be some cost to them. And that's the reason why we are okay with the fact that not 100% makes it because we aren't going to be the people who are going to go out there and find all of those who would benefit from it. We don't have, it's not like our full-time job like it is their full-time job. So we're also funding infrastructure. We're also funding personnel. And we're allowing those who have dedicated their time to helping them to also have a livelihood themselves. But 60% of the 40 or 60 to 40 split of this, you know, that's not bad. But let's talk about the government average, all right? The government average program, it's almost like it's completely backwards. They're looking at about 30%. 30% of the money that the government collects specifically for charitable, for welfare, for safety net things, about 30%. You can look all this stuff up. If you don't want to trust me, somebody fact check it. It's 60% on average for the privates and 30% on average for the publics. All right. So when they go, they're collecting $100, they're going to use $70 to pay for infrastructure and to pay for personnel. And only 30% of that is actually going to go to the person who really needs it on the end. Comparing that to it's literally double for the private organization who can do get to the end user for less than half the cost or about half the cost. So that's the reason another one, just add that to the list. So here I am trying to lead by example and say, you know what, rather than take some folks that I know personally who are in my family who need help and say, you know what, let's go down to the public office and let's see if we can sign you up for this program, that program, whatever other program, and you guys can just become uh, a ward of the state and to, in perpetuity, depending on how your needs go for in the long term, no, I'm going to do it the, the right way, the Bible way. I'm going to take out the responsibility myself, and we're going to help, and we're going to use and share resources together, and then also invest the time to help them find the next, the proper, get established, and make sure that they're actually good to go in the long term, and rather than trusting the government to take that burden off of my shoulders so that I don't have to feel the weight of that responsibility. And this is the conservative perspective on charity, on compassion, on welfare. And I, personally, I don't mind it looking like this. And this would be way better than if all of us just went out there and the next president rolls in and says, hey, we need to expand these programs and we just start throwing way more money that just gets wasted and doesn't actually get to the people who actually need it. See, in the end, we're actually the more compassionate party. We're actually the more charitable party. And that's something else that you can prove because when they did these studies and tried to find out well, the fact that, as I said earlier, people as a whole, the charity goes down. But then if you break it into groups, well, who's actually still giving more? Turns out it's those of us on the right, the Bible-believing Christian conservatives, are more likely, even though after taxes are taken, we technically have less to work with, we're still more likely to continue giving than anyone else. And that is the facts, and you can check it out yourself. Again, fact check me, bro. Totally cool with it. Anyhow, if you've watched the video, if you've listened to the podcast, I appreciate it if you're still with me. I'm glad that you're uh, checking out the content, and I hope that you will come back. i check out some more, that you will also continue to share it with your friends and family. This is Right All Week. I am Dave, and this is where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <laughs>